Hey now, all right, we got Rob here, Rob School of Music, and today we are honored to get to hang with the amazing Dave Wiener. Hello, sir, and welcome. Hey, hey, how are you? Sorry, I'm, I'm just uh, sharing this right no now. No worries. I mean, cool. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, it like, it, you know, not only amazing guitarist, you know, in gigs and, and teaching and all the other things, but you have a collection. Of, I'm a PRS guy and you have mm -hmm. more PRS seven strings than I think uh, legally should be allowed to exist with one person. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're awesome. Well, I mean, that that's it's tools of of the trade touring with Vi. I need uh, seven strings. So when I started working with PRS back in 2009, I guess it was, um, you know, they said, well, what, what are you looking for? And I said, it's not even, it's not even a choice. I need seven strings. Mm -hmm. Inside of that, we made all sorts of customs and all, all this great stuff. And, and they're all sitting back here. I moved a few months ago and I still have not gotten, again, you got to choose your time. And my time was, can, do I, do I get everything out just to look good? Or I'm so steeped in like four music projects right now. I, I was just like, all right, I'm going to leave all these guitars hang. I pull them out as I need them, but, uh, they are awesome instruments for sure. PRS just makes, I mean, they say what you want about whatever you like to play. It's inevitable. The conversation of the quality of PRS instruments comes up if you're going to mention you know prs and that's that's one of the things i i love about them is the uh i can i can pick up i can pick up a prs and it just feels good yeah. it's not all i use but it, it is my main touring instrument um or it has been <laughs> yeah no their stuff's fantastic it's consistent um i had paul on for an interview uh, a couple months back and he was amazing and just bev and when they're just wonderful people you know yeah there, so Let's let's discuss the beginning of your journey. So mm -hmm. um, was there a moment along the way where you were like, you know, you saw a concert or you got a record or something where you're like, that's what I want to do with my life? Um, so I'm trying to that's uh, not going to work. Sorry, I'm, I'm still sharing this. Um, I mean, I started on drums. And to be frank, I should have stuck with drums. It's another thing in life that I've learned is your initial instincts are 99% of the time right. And if you try to go against them, inevitably they'll fail and you will try, but it's not, it's not, it won't be natural if that all makes sense. So anyway, I, I say I should have stuck with drums because from two years old, three years old, I'm, I'm sitting there banging on stuff. And whenever I'm in the car, I'm constant, I'm just constantly drumming. I'm a rhythm person. I'm a rhythm based person. That's why shred stuff doesn't really do much for me. If it's shred paired with rhythm, I love it. But if it's on and on and on and on, I, there's no, I, I can't, I can't, I can't bob my head to that. Right. So I think it's been a great thing that I started with drums. And then somewhere around when I was 10, I switched to guitar. And I've always said in interviews and stuff that the reason is because of Back to the Future. And that's that's true. I saw Back to the Future. I saw the fun that Marty was having with the guitar and um, running around the stage. And there was just something that spoke to me about that versus 
versus just the rhythm side of things. So that's kind of where my, my venture into guitar started. But there was no question. It was just innate instinct of, boom, guitar, let's go. And that was it. And again, you can try to fight that in life, but you, you will fail. I think it's fantastic uh, referencing how shredding, you know, it's, I come across students all the time who are, you know, enamored with all of these Instagram guitar players who, you know, who's to say they're even really playing what it seems like they're playing it, 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 it's whatever, but that's a different story for a different time, but it's just notes upon notes upon notes upon notes. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You get, where's the feel? Where's the heart? Where's the emotion? And I think the best solos are the ones where there's rhythm in what's being played. It conveyed. You can tell the song from the solo just on the notes because there's stuff happening, you know? Music is tension and release. Very simply. There's, there's nothing else that music is, you know? If you don't have one without the other, it's boring. If you play slow all the time, it's boring. If you play fast all the time, it's boring. You need balance. Like any movie, like any story, like a roller coaster. A roller coaster doesn't do this. It's up and down and up and down. That's life. That's dynamics. That is what music should be. So in that, when I hear somebody shredding, I can pull out an emotional element to it if it's in the if it's serving that balance. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, all the all the tours I've done with Vi, there's plenty of shredding. <laughs> and he is a storyteller. He knows how to balance a beautiful melody with an intense head filling shred part, because that's the point. The sure. point there is to build your tension, to build your internal tension, to build the tension in your psyche so that it can be released over and over again. That's what it's all about. But if that balance isn't there, the rhythm, the soul, the heart, if it's all one or the other, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of dive into it because we don't even have to think about it. We just won't really relate. We'll just, there's something will be back here and we'll go like, I, I, I don't know why people are digging that. Because I'm not getting that up and down roller coaster, the the tension and release. I'm not getting any of that. Sure. That's the problem with Instagram. Since you mentioned it, I'll tell you the problem with Instagram. The problem is they're serving a number purpose. They're serving that's an ego. It's really an ego thing. Not everybody, but I love it. I'll tell you, I love it. And I love social media because I've, I've seen so many amazing things that I never would have otherwise. You know, I'm 44. I'm, I, I've been around before the internet. Um, it was just, how did we, how did we find these things before MTV? It was just radio. And then you buy the record, the tape, the disc, whatever it is. Then MTV came along with the videos and now you're getting the visual side of things as well, which was fantastic to go along to enhance that roller coaster that the song is trying to convey Instagram and, and, and social media. I think it's a blessing for those kinds of things for exposure, but I think the message has been lost. I think the intention and the purpose has been so aimed at ego driven things that I mean, there's literally a genre now that's just called Instagram music. Mm-hmm. I, li- I just saw a drum company uh, that does samples say, this is the Instagram sound. And it's all, it all sounds like, you know, somebody took a plastic bottle and 
is just hitting it. it, it there's no, uh, I, again, I, I, I have engineered my own records. I've recorded drum kits. I love the natural sound of it. I don't like the sound of just cardboard hitting cardboard, even though I know that that serves a certain purpose and there's nothing wrong with it. But it's like, if that's all people expect, it's just like, you know, amps. I know tons of Instagrammers who have never played through a real amp. Right. And if they have, they've never owned it. So they don't know why they like it or don't. They just know that Instagram told them to go get the latest Axe Effects, uh, Kemper, Neural, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which again, I love. I explore all that stuff, but I know why. I, I know what that stuff gives me or or does not. And, and anyway, the Instagram thing and what we all have to remember is, I, uh, you know, the little 30 second clip is awesome. I post. I try to post as much as I can, but but don't give me a cover. That's not your art. I don't care what you do with it. It's not your art. The hard part's been done for you. Give me your art. Give me your song. Give me your record. Not 30 seconds, not 60 seconds. Give me your finished song. Your fin then I can look at you as an artist and I, and I can get into the, the real deep meaning of what that whole thing is about anyway, which is storytelling. That's what's missing from 30 and 60 second clips. Totally. Storytelling. Yeah, dude. Oh, my gosh. You slash, eh, slash end rant. <laughs> but I love that because that's exactly, I mean, we're cut from a similar cloth because that's the stuff I'm preaching all the time. You know, when, when kids are coming in, I mean, I was working with um, a student and we're talking about amps and I have all my guitars and amps and stuff are at the school here. So everyone can kind of get any, you know, see what it's like to play a, a Gibson Les Paul, see what it's like to play, you know, a decent plethora of overdrive pedals, find the one you like. And this kid was going on and on and on about, uh, you know, I love this SLO um, preset and whatever he's playing. He kept saying he's saying slow. That's how he's pronouncing it. And I'm like, dude, that's a that's a Saldano. That's what that is. And he's like, no, no, dude, it's a slow. I'm like, okay, I'm not even gonna. What am I gonna do with this? You know, <laughs> you know, I I commend you for exposing students to the instruments, to the tools. Uh, again, I'm not ignorant. I have I have had every Axe Effects. I've had multiple Kempers. I have every piece of software. I was just on the phone with Thomas McRocklin talking about the neural thing, the 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 quad core thing that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, I'm 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 well educated purposefully because I love the technology, you know, I got, I, I, I embrace it. None of it replaces the amps though. And maybe that's because of where I started these new people, kids, maybe that's where they're starting on, on, on slows, you know, <laughs> they, they don't even know why it is what it is that that's the problem. They should know the origin of why this thing is what it is and, 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 and et cetera. But, um, there's no right or wrong answer, you know, live and let live. If, uh, but but the, the, the problem, again, with social media in general is misinformation and ignorance and arrogance, with, <laughs> which is just, just, just blatant to the point where it's like, well, why would I buy all of these amps when I can get an Axe or a Kemper or even just a iPad app? And I say, well, why don't you just get a line six variax then why bother playing a gibson offender or prs if you can get everything in one and that's good enough for you then why bother right well i think sucks well why <laughs> because um 
well, my Les Paul is a Les Paul. It's a real Les Paul. Yes, exactly. That's the, these are real Marshalls and Friedmans and Maces and Orange and the real. Okay. I, 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 you know, I'm sure as a podcaster, you've seen interviews with some of these people like Dave Friedman, like Bob Bradshaw, mm -hmm. you know, the people that are the reason we have a lot of the things we have now. And the, inevitably these conversations come up about digital versus analog and, mm -hmm. and you got to pander to the market, but both of them literally said nah, my model doesn't sound like that. Right. It, it it's awesome and it's intriguing and it's convenient. And again, I, I I've got an X effect sitting right here. Um, know your tools is basically it, but again, for what, what's the purpose? 30 second clip, 60 second clip. Give me your art. Then, then we can talk a little bit more. You know what I mean? I can't get to know somebody from a, sorry, I, my camera is being pulled in one direction and I'm trying to pull it in another direction. <laughs> able. Um, give me your art. You know, I can't get to know you if I don't hear yes, one song, but give me at least an EP. Yep. Give me an LP. Give me something. But that's the, I think the attention has been focused so much on the ego driven side of things, the numbers. I just need the likes. I need the numbers. Uh, I, I need to be an influencer. I need to sit on my ass and do nothing else except for that, because then I'm going to get paid for it. If that's a goal for you, which it is for a lot of younger people now, fantastic. Listen, inevitably life takes money. Find your money however you can with uh, as much love as you can put into it. 99% of the planet hate their job and, and they don't give a shit at all, which is the problem with most industry and government and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's all vapidly uh, negligent and incompetent, you know, just, just look at the government. I mean, it is, it, it is exactly what it is, you know, but, and that's because there's a lack of love, you know, it's a lack of love going on in their work. They don't give a shit. They don't want to do that stuff. If they won the lottery, guess what? They'd be gone the next day as, as expected. But if you love what you do, then you're going to get everything out of it. Then you can really serve the purpose. And that's ultimately what we're here talking about, right? The, the purpose of these things is to output, to make music, mm -hmm. not get the numbers. That's a byproduct that hopefully is there, but people aren't thinking of the output. They're thinking of the numbers. And I, I, I don't know when I talk to younger people, I'm assuming you, you have got younger people in your school. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I say, listen, post to Instagram every single day. Because guess what? You can be the best guitar player on the planet. If nobody knows you, it's not going anywhere. Sorry. It's not going to go anywhere. We have to pander to social media these days. And that's, that's, that's part of the gig. So uh, do it, but not at the cost of what the purpose of all these instruments, you know, really is. Sure. Now, I try and tell all the students, you know, post as often as you can to document your process. I mean, for me, I literally just bought, it arrived today, a cassette player because hmm. I dug all my tapes out of when I first started playing and I want to listen to all my demos and all my band rehearsals and stuff like kids today, they can just go back on their history on Instagram and see their entire playing career. Yes. That's cool. It's a great idea. Absolutely. I want to ask you about your practice regimen. Sure. What's, what's a day in the life well, you know, are you playing every day? Do you have set things that you do? How does it work at the level you're at? Yeah, it's improv. It's all improv now. 
there's no greater challenge than improv. But don't get me wrong, I've been playing for, you know, almost 35 years, I've spent the time to individualize my practice regimen. Um, but now my practice is every day without fail. I mean, you're going to get good in life. It's got to be consistent. You can't go to the gym once a week and expect to get in shape. You're wasting your time. Don't bother doing it because you're going to have, it's going to have no effect. It's the same thing with playing music or, uh, any skill. It's got to be done with consistency. So it stays fresh in your mind, fresh in your fingers, and you can get deep. Because that's really what it's, this isn't a surface thing. I can show anybody a couple of chords and get them playing music immediately, but they don't have any depth to it. They don't understand really what's happening. They don't know how to turn it into art yet. And there's only one way to do that, time. So at some point you gotta individualize, you gotta input everything, you know, everything from, from, from fretboard knowledge and recognition through your basic theory, technique, lick writing, or everything else, right? Ear training, music reading, and any other element that you might want to put into a, a well-rounded practice regimen, you got to keep that going every day, but that is all input. That's all daily maintenance. It has nothing to do with creating you as an artist. There's only one way to do that. Output, you got to write. You got to write licks, riffs, chord progressions. Hopefully that leads to full songs and etc. Along that path of writing, though, we find improv. Because improv says, here's a jam track, a musical situation, or maybe you're lucky enough to go jam with friends if they're competent players. If they're not competent players, it will be a, it will be a liability because then your timing could possibly be off and, 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 and it's going to stay there for an entire jam, you know, because the drummer isn't up to speed. But jam track, et cetera, what's that jam track giving you? Key, quality, genre, meter, tempo, feel, et cetera. That's all input. We have to answer it with what creativity with usage of these things. What is you got to have a vocabulary. There's your lick writing. But again, improv being the biggest challenge that it is. Why is it the biggest challenge? Because you have to output all of those things. You have to understand, interpret and output creativity to answer two things. What's appropriate and complementary for that musical situation. So my students, uh, I've heard every excuse in the book, as I'm sure you have as well. Um, I didn't have time this week. I didn't have time today. I didn't blah, blah, blah. I don't care who you are. You have time. It's just priorities. Get up 10 minutes earlier. Go to bed 10 minutes later. But if you put on one jam track that's 10 minutes long and you answer it, you, you've just challenged yourself on every possible level. It's not noodling. It's focused answering. Again, key quality, meter, genre tempo, feel, straight swung. I mean, you say feel to somebody that most people don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So that that's a hugely, if you try and uh, play straight over swing, it's going to sound as bland as it can get. You know, every little detail has to be answered and thought of in real time. So we write licks to build our premeditated vocabulary. So we have something to say. You do that enough, you get into improv, you get into your real-time vocabulary, and then you become an artist, you know, at least an improv kind of way. Still got to write songs, but if you want a challenge, it's improv. So at this point, my practicing is about an hour of improv a day, 
So about six jam tracks, like all the jam tracks that I build for my site, Gatopia, it's all 10 minutes long, which gives you enough time to get through the nerves, get through the uncomfortability, and then start sinking in and really feeling it and trying to answer it on the way to, on the way to 10 minutes. But of course I tell everybody, don't, don't, step one is not improv. Step one is be the rhythm player. Read the chart, play the chords, know the timing of those chords, know the notes in those chords. And that's what everybody skips over as I'm sure uh, your students do the same. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very, I'm, I'm hearing you say this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're, we live the same life. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, I agree a thousand percent. Wow. I, I love the idea of 10 minute long jam tracks, forcing someone to, to ride the wave because you're right. It takes a minute to get in and getting in and getting out. That's, that's, that's the game. Awesome. Yeah, because you can, I mean, think about like a, a, a pop song solo. You're playing 16 bars, maybe. It's nothing. You don't have to, you got to get right to the climactic section of that solo, you know, which is usually a reiteration of the, of the main melody. But when you have 10 minutes, you have to tell a story many times. And you got to understand the parts of a story. And you have to understand what is the purpose of those parts and how to serve the purpose of those parts and how to transition from one to another and then go back and start it again and over and over again. Right. Honestly, that is what most of my students want to know how to do is how do I tell a, a story, so to speak, in, in my soloing so it's not this, mm -hmm. it's not just this. Yeah, dude, storytelling. That's what I, I literally, that's in my daily spiel i give each person because because the notes i would rather hear five notes that literally melt your face mm. and a thousand notes that just are just blah, 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 blah. yeah yeah awesome. all right i want to jump to one more question before my rapid fire before we run out of time here hey, um, listen take take your time i'm uh i've got a little bit more time than i expected today so if, totally up to you i appreciate that thank you um, so you started with Steve I in 99, is that right? Right. Yep. Okay. So that was the ultra zone tour. Yeah. Okay. So that was my first time seeing, um, Steve I live it was at the Birch Hill in Old Bridge, New Jersey. Yeah. It changed my life. And, uh, I was awesome. lucky to get to chat with him through these interviews and changed my life again. Cause I asked one question and he just told the story for the remaining hour and change. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. but, but how, how did you, how do you get that gig, man? Because like, to be the guitar player playing with the guitar player, that means you're the guitar player too. Right. That's insane. Uh, it's, it's somewhat confusing. I've heard people say, why does Steve I need a guitar player? Which to me is like, you know, have you listened to Steve I's music? There's 17 guitars in every song. For him to bring that live, you, you, you know, there, when you saw that show, there were two other guitar players aside from Steve. It was myself right. and Mike Keneally. Uh, and then it was myself and Tony McAlpine. And then ever since, I don't even know when it was, 2010, 11, 12, we went down to a four piece. I mean, there were violins for one tour and a harp for half a tour. Uh, but as a core band, it's been down to a four piece, which is, uh, it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. But yeah, you know, Steve Vai could have five other guitar players on stage, each taking not even all the parts that are in each of his songs, you know, but this circles back around to what we were talking about with social media and the beauty of social media. It's there. There's some real cringe worthy stuff happening on social media 
Um, but we don't want to focus on that. We want to focus on why it's there. It's there for exposure, you know? Don't become a brand mouthpiece like it seems everyone wants to do. Um, do that if you're going to get paid for certain things, but serve your purpose. And that purpose being exposure, right? Mm -hmm. If you are the best player on the planet, but nobody knows you, it's not really going to go anywhere. Greatness will always be discovered no matter what, though. There's nothing that can hold that back. However, you need some exposure, right? So what does that have to do with the question um, that, that you just asked. Um, when I moved to LA in 98 to go to Guitar Institute of Technology at, at Musicians Institute, uh, before the semester even started, like the day I got there, I, I was at MI, uh, because I didn't have a roommate yet. And they had these little meetings and orientation and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're, we're talking 98. So we're still talking. The internet was meh at the time, you know, uh, there was a, just a cork board up on the wall with all these index cards. And that was a job board essentially. And, um, I was like, that's a great idea. I, I need to get to know people because you, you, you can be a guitar player. It's, it's really, as we've all heard a trillion times, it's, it's, it's who, you know, you know, to, to get things done to help everybody needs help in life. That's another thing I've learned actually very recently, because I've always been very self-sufficient. I have done everything on my own since I was 18. Uh, you need help in life. Everyone needs help. And it's not about accepting charity. It's about accepting opportunity. And if you've got an opportunity for help, that's really going to help you and serve your purpose and not put anybody out you'd be full not to take it. So th that help has to be there. That comes from knowing people that comes from your network. And we've all heard if anybody has taken any kind of business course, it's not your net worth. It's your network. Yeah. That's going to build your net worth, you know, and your net worth isn't money. You know, that's going to come you can't take it with you. Yep. Uh, and, and I'm overgeneralizing or simplifying the point, but your network is really your value. Just think about your family. Think about your friends. Who's showing up at your funeral? Is it going to be a lot of people? If so, you got a good network. If not, if you've been a recluse, if you've been an introvert, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But the bigger network you have, you're just probably going to enjoy life a little bit more. <laughs> to be existential about everything. But I went to that job board and I saw uh, something that was very intriguing. It was a management firm and it said, make your own hours, two days a week. And, and that was intriguing to me because I was there to go to school and spend all my time doing that and furthering my purpose. But I was like, if I can, I'd, I'd love to get to know the management side of things because everybody's going to have to have a little bit of that exposure, a little bit of that business sense. Inevitably, if you're going to write songs and maybe you, it's not even for your own purpose. Maybe you submit it to a music library. Maybe you submit it to an artist, etc. You're going to have to know a little bit about the music side of things and publishing and all that kind of stuff. Management. And I was like that, that's a great way to go. I can make my own hours, blah, blah, blah. Fax. There wasn't even a phone number. It was a fax number, you know, back then. <laughs> awesome. This is literally before I had a cell phone. You know, sure. now my 11 year old nephew has, you know, an iPhone, an iPad, everything. He's, you know, 
it was a different world. It was a different world back then for sure, but just said, fax your resume. So I faxed my resume and I got a call that night, unusually late, like 11 or something like that at night. And, and, uh, it, it was this woman named Ruta Sepetis and she's explaining herself and her business, her management team. And she's like, I managed this, 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 some, some really nice names, you know, like Eric Sardinus. I don't know if you're familiar, you know, amazing. He, you, you saw him on the ultra zone tour. Mm -hmm. Uh, band that was huge in the late 90s early 2000s called lit sure um and, and a bunch of other really great artists and then at the end of that she said oh by the way i, I managed this guitar player you're a guitar player i managed this guitar player named steve i are you familiar and in my mind i'm going i have had a poster of steve i on my wall since i was like eight you know <laughs> so i know but but you can't put yourself in fanboy position you got to keep it on the professional level at all times. So I said, oh, of course, yeah, of course, you know, know who that is. Um, anyway, I started working with her and through her, you know, again, doing, doing intern stuff, you know, getting lunch, getting mail, do, you know, all this stuff. but some of that stuff was, all right, you're going to take these papers to Steve Vai at his mothership studio in, in the Hollywood Hills. And I was living like right at the, at the foot of those Hollywood Hills at the time. And I was like, that's perfect. He's two minutes away. And of course I didn't know this two minutes up the street in, uh, in Hollywood there. And that's how I got to know Steve. It was a, it was a personal relationship well before it had anything to do with music. Wow. And I got to know Steve again on that personal level. He knew I was a guitar player. I never pushed it on him. I never said, man, you got to hear me play. Well, um, I let, it, I, I started accompanying him to events. I was invited to his annual Christmas party. You know, these are the kinds of things that happens when you create a, a, a network and it wasn't for the purpose of creating a network. It was for the purpose. It was just somebody I was getting to know, right. but eventually he said, Hey, I'd like, to, I'd like to hear you play. And it, coincidentally, I was finishing up a, a four song little EP at school with some recording kids. So I handed it to him and, um, I'll tell you, if there was a, if there was an audition, I never would have gotten the gig. I'm not a shredder. I can play, St I, I, I've been in Steve Vai's band for 20, what, where are we, 20, 21, tw 21 years. I've been in Steve Vai's band for 21 years. I'm not a shredder, you know? There's, there's, there's a bit of a misconception about if you're in Steve Vai's band, you must be a shredder. I can play the parts that need to be played, but I'm not naturally gonna sit down and just sweep everything and, and alternate pick everything. My, my world is, is, is very different. Um, I love Steve's music. I wouldn't stay in his band for that. I, regardless of the person, you have to love the music. Sure. And I love Steve's music. It is so deep. It is so interesting. But if there was an audition to play that music right from the start, there's no way I would have gotten it. There's a billion guitar players, you know, better than me who are in that shredder category. But obviously you got to be competent on the instrument. You have to be able to play the music, but it was more than that. And think about when you need help, you're, you're not, going to a stranger you're going to your closest friends your family you know whatever else so steve saw that i could play he liked my music which was which was a real um kind of the um i don't want to say a surprise but but it was just a um it was a little bit of a shock because it was like man i really dig this stuff and it, you know not for nothing but it kind of gave worth to it 
You know what I mean? Or some sort of validity. Let's put it that way. Not worth, because it was very worth my while in my head. But to hear somebody like Steve I say, yeah, I really dig your music. Uh, I need another guitar player. You, you want to join the band? And of course, I'm thinking to myself, don't freak out. <laughs> you know, just, just, just be cool. And, uh, and that was it. You know, that was it. But, you know, it's so much about those personal relationships. Because even if you've got somebody, somebody highly competent to do the work, if you're not getting along with them, it's not going to last. Sure. You, you know, when, when you're on tour on a bus, you're living with 12 people on a bus for months Close in, this, in, in, in this tin can. You know what I mean? There's, there's no, there's no way around if somebody's not happy or you're not having good relationship, there's no way around. it's going to be a real problem. So luckily, Steve and I, all, uh, we've just always gotten along. I've always, obviously I've been very respectful, um, on a professional level, you know, but over the years and years, people get to know each other. There's no secrets. You know what I mean? We have a great time. We have a fantastic time. And that's really why the band has stayed where it was this long. But that's how I got into Steve's band. That's my advice for anybody. It's about the network. Don't try, just do, you know, and that's generally anything in life. But you can, you know, have you been out to Nam? Sure. Yeah. You go to Nam, and if you're talking to somebody and you're looking at them in the face, like I'm, I'm I know the camera is here, but I'm looking at you. And Nam is a perfect example because it's the network seekers, you know, and you're looking at somebody, you're having a conversation and all you'd see is their eyes going. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're looking around for who's, who else could they talk to that right. could better their network or do something for them? Me, 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 me. That is so obvious to see at Nam, And it's a, it's really an, almost an inside, like joke of jokes. If you see someone doing that, that's a, that's a faux pas on the highest level. It, it, it's, you can't try. That's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't like force that network. You gotta give it natural time for it to happen. If I would have said, we wouldn't be talking right now. If on day one of meeting Steve, I, I said, you got to listen to me play. You got to blah, blah, blah. That's forcing it. That's not going to, that's not going to do anybody any good. You know, just relax, be yourself, do your thing, produce. That's the main thing about it. Produce something. Mm -hmm. Can't talk. You have to do. And if you're that kind of person, um, then it's going to take you far. It really, it really will. You know, this, you don't have to be the best player ever. But there's certain things that we all should be doing, and uh, and we got to do them to move forward. I love that advice. I'll tell you, of all the incredible, incredible people I've gotten to speak to during this interview series, uh, you know, in situations that any musician, any person would kill to be in, the one, one of a few, but the big one that that I take out of it and I try and pay it forward to anyone is be cool. You know, when you're in those settings, show the value you can provide the other person because in essence, they're in the position of power. So if you come in, you're like, I'm blah, blah, blah. No, just be cool and let your actions speak. Like hearing that from you just, again, doubles down on that's the secret. And it's just be good. Be a good just, person. It, yeah. Again, the work is the work is one thing that cannot fail. That has to be flawless. You have to do your job and you have to do it with extreme precision and passion, you know, uh, the work has to be there. That that's that's 
a gimme. You know, that, that, that's a, that's a given. I mean, it should be anyway. But then there's the personal side. Cause you know, when you're on tour, you're on stage, maybe two hours, two and a half hours out of the day. The rest of it, you're hanging, you're yeah. with your friends, you know? Um, the majority of it is the personal side of things and, and, you know, the professional side of the personal side, you know, mm -hmm. saying off stage, you got to be somebody that people want to be around. And, um, you know, we all go through things in life and, and, uh, sometimes it's not that easy to do that stuff, but most normal people are understanding of that. Uh, it's just a matter of growth and making having that balance, you know, sure. between the personal, the professional and, and all that good stuff. But, you know, if you've interviewed Steve or if anybody listening to this or watching this has seen anything that Steve has done, it's hard. Steve, Steve is one of the best people on the planet. I mean, that, I, and, and that's, I, I, that might sound like ludicrous to some people, but I know Steve very well. And I have seen his evolution. I've, I've been there. I've been there for it, you know. Um, it's infectious. His attitude, his his, his professionalism, uh, it, it, the spiritual side of things, which has nothing to do with religion. It doesn't have anything to do with spiritual. Like you know, people hear the word spiritual, they think hippie and and all this stuff. I don't care who you are, what you are what you practice, blah, 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 blah. But there is this kind of ideology that you've, that, that Steve just exudes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it has certainly helped me in, in, in my life uh, because we talk about it every day on tour without fail. We talk about, because as a player, I, I'll tell you a, a, a quick story. Back in, I think it was 2012, I released, uh, just to do something different in, in my music world, I put down the electric guitars and I wrote a, uh, an acoustic, an unaccompanied acoustic record called a, a Collection of Short Stories, Volume 1. Volume 2 is coming out this year, actually. Here we are, almost, almost 10 years later. I'm finally getting around to doing another one. But... Um, I had the opportunity to open for Steve in Europe. And then we, you know, we toured back here and Steve being the, the great person that he is gave, and he still gives everybody a solo spot during his show, which is mind blowing to me. It's his show, but he's like, everybody's going to have a solo. I mean, I hope people understand the gift that that is to give this audience sitting out here who didn't come for you. They came for Steve. I, and to hear this music, but Steve's giving everybody a chance to get out front and shine a little bit so that that audience gets to know each of us a little bit. Philip, myself, Jeremy, you know, everybody gets a solo. That is that right there is enough. That's enough of a generous lifetime gift that that is just that kind of mentality that Steve has. But on this tour, I was playing a song from that acoustic record and there was a series of like three shows that I, I just could not play the damn thing correctly. <laughs> you know, I could not play this song correctly for whatever reason. To the point where like the third night, you know, sports uh, athletes go through this as well. Mm -hmm. They get the yips, you know, whatever it is. I, I could not play this thing correctly. And 
I watched footage of it being played incorrectly. It's really, it really wasn't that big a deal. But in your mind as the player, I'm thinking this is my time during the show to let these people know who I am, to hear some of my music, to shine a little bit. If I do a good job, they're going to go out to the merch booth. Again, Steve being the amazing person he is, he lets all of us sell our own merch at his merch booth. That's, that's insane. That's, that's amazing. But you go down this rabbit hole of, well, I messed up the song. So now people aren't going to go out there and buy my record. Now people aren't going to go to my website. Now people aren't going to go to my, my guitar education website. Like your world comes crumbling down <laughs> in a second because you hit one wrong note. You know, and that, that is ludicrous, of course. But that's where the mind goes of the performer in the moment, right? So Steve, again, being the guru that he is of many things in life, He's like, Let, let's figure this out. I was, I was, I was beyond the red line for whatever reason in life. It wasn't even the playing. It was my mentality for something. I don't, I don't even remember. Ten years ago, I, I was, I was over the red line. If that makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. And Steve's like, if you're at a hundred percent capacity, you have no more to give. And if it, and 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 being like that, you know, tense and and mentally, physically at the red line. Something's going to give, you know, he's like, pull it back, pull it back to 85% mentally. And I did, I walked out on stage and I was, I was visualizing in my mind, like this meter of zero to a hundred. And I was like at 85 and I just, the point was to relax a little bit, mind and then body. And there you go. Rest of the time. Great. And he, he was just talking about this on his Patreon page, I think. Um, but we talk about this all the time and it is so valuable. It's really an amazing kind of mentality to be in, um, to not just play, but again, that's what I'm talking about. Like the depth of what goes into it. And you just gotta, you just gotta kind of accept it all, accept it all, process it all and, and make it all work for you. You know, I don't, I don't even remember what, what our question was that we were talking about here, but, uh, <laughs> That's okay, man. I, I, you know, the coolest part in getting to, you know, meet all these amazing musicians like yourself is just, just go, just go tell stories, go on tangents because there's so much value in everything that you're saying. And it's sure. all like, it, I rewatch these, like I'm sitting in the driver's seat and I'm talking and then I rewatch it. I listen back to the podcast, like religiously, because every time I listen through, there's like one thing that I missed and it, all of it is just sure. Active is so incredibly valuable. So, I mean, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. I, you know, I, I, um, I think if I was a kid and learning guitar now and having you know, like this podcast is a gift, you know, it's, it's really amazing. Can you imagine like as a, as a kid getting into anything? Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, colleges are nearly obsolete at this point because you can mm -hmm. learn anything you want online almost for free because all you have to do is get a glimpse of it and go get an apprenticeship Yep, and be a doer. And then you're doing, that's it. Yep. You know, there's a reason that Steve, I left Berkeley. There's a reason that Steve jobs, left college and Bill Gates left college and all of these because they needed a little bit of this and this and this, but then they did and they just became doers. Yep. 
to get into that is even easier than ever because of all of the resources that that we have as well. I watch a lot of these things when I have time. You know, if I'm winding down at night, mm -hmm. I have a, a comfortable chair back here on purpose because I got to get away from all these screens and I just sit back here. I got a book sitting back there. I just, you know, I crack it open, input something new, watch yeah. something new. But it's again, I, I think one of the biggest takeaways from any of this, and again, any skill in life is you can't just ingest, you can't be an inputter. You got to input some things, but if you're not outputting, if you're not doing, what the hell is the point? What are you doing at that point? Gaining knowledge for what? What's the purpose? Right. I'll tell you another story real quick. Um, I think it was that very first tour, like in 99, the Ultra Zone tour, and I'm sitting on the tour bus and I was just running scales, just just running scales straight up and down. And Steve, <laughs> Steve walked past me and he was walking out of the bus and he didn't even look at me. He just heard what I was doing. And he said, you're too old to run scales. You're too old to play scales. And mind you, I was 22 at the time. So I, I still feel that's fairly young yeah. <laughs> to be getting into all of this, but I didn't even question that. I, I There was no explanation. Steve was just, just walked straight and looked straight and he was like, you're too old to run scales. And he just left. I never got an explanation. And I, I, I knew that I didn't need to go ask what he meant. For whatever reason, I knew that. But I also knew I had to figure out what he meant. And what he meant was once you input something and you get it, you don't have to keep inputting it over and over again. You don't have to keep Use it. Use it. Take those scales, put the musical elements to it, rhythm phrasing uh, style, which is technique and dynamics. And there's a few other ones, but those are the main ones. If you're not taking what you input and filtering it through those musical elements and outputting it again, I always say, and I'm sure people who are fans of mine or, or they've watched anything I've been on, I've said this before. It's like going to Home Depot and buying one of everything. You just spend a ton of time and money, but it doesn't mean you know how to build anything. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's the flaw with guitar education and really education in general is I see so many people I, 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 they're, like they're frantic about it. They're frustrated because they think they like, I got to learn everything. I got to go to a new school, a new teacher, a new website. I got to get this new video, this new book, because then I'll know. You only know from doing plain and simple. You only know from experience. So if you know two chords and that's it, you you have enough to do something. If you have one chord, you have enough to do something. Just be musical with it and, and, and be creative. Output something and then you've become a doer. And at that point, you've become beyond what most people are. You know, it, it's that's that's my philosophy with all of this stuff, you know, with with guitar, with music, with education in general. You got to be doing from day one or else you're just sitting around and trying to ingest everything, hoping that someday it's going to click to make you a musician. You you can know everything possible. You're still not a musician. Yep. God, I love yeah. that. I absolutely love that. I, I experience it, you know, weekly almost. You know, people come in, there's a uh, in our uh, one of the uh, high schools in our area, they have a AP music theory class and the teacher is very regimented on this is the way it is and this is right and that's it. And I've seen some of these students who have all the potential in the world, incredible. And uh, they're trying to write a song or something and they're putting up all these walls because, well, no, it has to be this way. I said, why? Why? Mm -hmm. Do it. Just do it. And if it doesn't sound good, do it again. Yeah. Just do something because yeah. 
there's, I, I always botch when I try and say this, but there, there's a difference between when something is ready and when something is finished or maybe those aren't the right word, but you know what I mean? Like what, the, yeah. when it's time to just do it and yeah. it is what it I, is. I always say, you know, it, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be right. Yeah, and absolutely. that's where people get into, well, it's not right yet. Okay. I understand. I do understand that. And I've been there where it's like, it's just not right yet. It's still, it's just not right yet. And sometimes we have to just put a pin in it. And as you said, just finish it just because, because we can move on to another one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's, there are so many mental walls that people put up to, well, they don't put it up to do anything. Obviously nobody wants them, but they're there and they're preventing completion of whatever, it, yeah. whatever it is. Um, but young people, is there an average age of people that, that attend your school? Honestly, we start them at five and we have students up until their late seventies, early eighties, Sure, average, uh, late elementary school through early college. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm getting distracted. Let me turn off. Let me turn off notifications. That's right. I'm getting one too, actually. So I'm going to turn mine off too. I should have done that before. Um, that my, my lesson actually comes at four. <laughs> sorry, I, I, I don't even remember what I was going to say. <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you what, dude. You've said so much today, and this has just cool. been absolutely incredible. I mean, it, it's, it's double the amount of time I thought I was going to get to hang with you. So I really appreciate all of this, and I look forward to rewatching it and unpacking it. And uh, hopefully, if there is a NAM uh, this winter, um, maybe I'll get to see you out there and I promise I'll lock eyes the whole time and only stare at you. <laughs> when you said that, that hit me so hard because I've brought friends out there and people, um, I've been going since 2002. Mm -hmm. So, and I've brought friends out there just for fun. Oh, you get to meet all these musicians and they're just, they're doing that, that like waiting for someone better than whom they're with. I'm like, how rude are you? Like this person could talk to thousands of people, just be, give them your focus. It's just, yeah. I, I know it all, all too well. It's, it is amazingly overwhelming, you know, Nam, anybody that goes there knows that, but, and, you know, I mean, first timers, but, but it's like people that you, I, I, I run into the same people, you know, people that might work for a company that, that I'm using some gear or something like that. Inevitably you run into certain people and, 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 and there are those people that that's just, that's just what they are. That's who they are. They never learned that the best, and we'll tie this back to music in a second, the, the best trait or skill in a person's being is what you just said, you know, offering um, them up undivided attention and forget time, forget what else is coming in five minutes. You're there with this person. Right. The moment. If they're talking, give them that gift of your attention and your your ability to listen. And guess what? Shut the F up and let them talk. Let them talk. You'll answer, but let them talk. And that's what being a good communicator is. And the 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 uh, the, I mean, this is obvious to me, but the number one skill of a musician is your ability to listen. Of course, it's everything. And that's, <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's 
grossly deleted yeah. from almost every school and I'm putting them all on blast every book because the problem is most people writing books, starting schools, they're, 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 they don't have the qualified experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to diminish anybody, but I know a lot of teachers who have no experience. They don't have records out. They've never toured. They've never even put a band together. Yep. You're, you can still teach guitar to a point, but you are missing a giant portion and the best portion of your, your qualification, which is experience to pass on to the students. Students go to a teacher, hopefully first by choice and by choice because they have that experience. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it's feel here it's is the real world music education. All the people that I've employed along the way are people who exactly, as you said, they've toured, they have records out. They're still like teachers, you know, like I need a month off, you know, pre COVID I'm going on the road. Like, I think that's so invaluable because absolutely you've lived it. If you haven't lived it, it's very difficult to convey it past a certain point. As you said, beautiful. Yeah. You can't, you can't, uh, this is the, uh, you know, social media is smoke and mirrors. I hope, it, I hope everybody realizes that by now it's smoke and mirrors. It's basically like you're all in your own little TV set. And what can we make up today to make ourselves look as good as possible and feed that ego and just be real. And I, I, I can't, I see it all the time. It's like, if you want to be a good guitar player, do these five things. And they're five things that, that are the most general basic things that will not separate you from anybody else. It will not get you to your goals. You know, only somebody with real qualification, real life experience can offer up. I mean, basically the things we're talking about yeah. today and it is, it is what it is. You know, that's the only thing that gets me a little edgy is the smoke and mirrors. Like if you're doing covers, you're not an artist, plain and simple. Be the artist, though. Do your covers. Covers are amazing. They're an amazing, super fun. Mm -hmm. They're an amazing learning tool. But if that's the extent, and some people, that's the that's all they want to do is play. Good for you. I know people making making way more money on cover gigs than original artists are. That's for damn sure. Uh, so that's amazing. If that's your purpose, that's all we got to do is serve our purpose. But the smoke and mirror side of things gets me a little edgy. Don't call yourself an artist if you're not creating art of any kind. And how do we do that? We do. We just got to keep doing over and over again. It doesn't have to be right. Just, just, just do it. And then you'll find what is right for you. You'll find your own path, your own voice, all that great stuff. Because I think people do focus a little too much on the details. Yeah. I got to have this piece of gear and this piece of gear and blah, blah, blah. Sure. <laughs> well, if that's what you're into, you know, um, if a piece of gear is going to put your ass in the seat and make you work and play and practice and write, I don't care if it costs 20 grand, it's worth the price of admission. Right. But don't feel like if you don't have that piece of gear, you can't get anywhere because, you know, I, I wrote a full length record and had it re I was in a studio with an original band and had a full length record out when I was 13. And guess what? A 13 year old is playing really crappy gear. <laughs> it didn't matter. I was just, this is what I'm doing. And that was it from day one. 
I, I reference a friend of mine all the time. He has the same guitar he started out with 25 years ago. He has a second generation line six pod and he programs drums and logic. That's and awesome. his records sound amazing. That's Absolutely awesome. Amazing. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's here and it's here. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good for that person. You know, if you can just use the tools that you've got, you know, you don't need anything else. You know, it's really, it's really quite simple. Awesome, dude. Well, my my student is standing outside the door to my school, so I must let him in. But thank you so cool. much for the the time. Uh, I'll send you an email, close out the rest. But, dude, thank you so much. My pleasure. Do you want to do this fire speed quick fire thingy real quick? I can do it super quick. Okay, ready? All right. Sure. He has two minutes before his lesson starts, so he'll stand outside. All right. Yeah, it's this or that. You don't have to justify your answers, but you can if you want. Humbucker or single coil? Single coil. Uh, Les Paul style guitar or Strat style guitar? Uh, I can't, or PRS guitar. I can't make that choice because I need both for certain right. things. But if you had a gun to my head, I'd pick a Strat. Okay. If you're in Fender land, is it a Strat or a Tele? I guess Strat still. Just a Strat, yeah. Okay. If you're in Gibson land, is it a Les Paul or an SG? I love my SG, but I would have to go with a Les Paul. Okay. Uh, tremolo or, or hardtail? Um, I, I, I would say I need, uh, I need a whammy bar. Okay. 22 frets or 24 frets? 22. Uh, thin, medium, or thick pick? Uh, thick, yeah. Okay. Nines, tens, or eleven. For electric. Okay. For electric. For acoustic, okay. no, but for electric, for most purposes, yes. Um, our string gauge, nine, ten, or eleven. I'm usually a ten guy, unless I tune down even a half step, and I'll go up to elevens. Alrighty. If you were to grab a bass, would it be a P bass or a jazz bass? I don't care. Um, <laughs> they both have different things. I I have a jazz bass sitting back here. Uh, I love a P bass though. I just don't have one. Okay. All right. Um, fretboard, rosewood or maple? Honestly, for me, it's not even a tonal thing. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a whole package thing. It really, for me, depends on what the body, uh, color is. Okay. It's a design thing to me. It's a visual thing. I, I, you know, there's, there's slight tonal differences, but not enough that I care that much. Um, maple's brighter. Yeah. You know, uh, not that much. It's not that it's, a, it's the package. I, I look at it as a design. I, I agree entirely on that. I have friends that fight with me on that all the time. And I think, you know, if you have a certain color guitar, it just looks better one way or the other, but right. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. Um, if you were to grab an acoustic, would it be a Martin or a Taylor? Uh, I don't, I don't have either. I have a, a PRS acoustic and that's it. <laughs> that's fair enough. They're, they're acoustics. Like even like I've not yet played the, the USA made ones, but the, uh, the SE ones are out of this world. So I can only imagine as you climb the ladder, they get even cooler. Yeah. Um, yep. if you're using an amp, do you use the distortion within the amp or a pedal? Uh, always the amps gain. And then on top of that, depending on what needs to happen on my board, there's always a clean boost, some sort of more transparent than not overdrive and a fuzz. 
Okay. All right. So that answered a bunch of the questions actually that I was going to come down if it's fuzz or overdrive or things like that. So I agree. I like different choices as well. Um, and then my last one, and this one is, is only one I added recently because it, it's like these low wattage amplifiers are super hot now, but would you rather a hundred watt amp or a 25 watt amp? Oh, 100, 20, 25 is great for certain things, but I, I always hit the headroom too quickly with those. Right. I don't, I don't ever play clean, clean, unless I'm playing with Vi or someone artist, some other artist or a session where I need a clean guitar, but I personally never do. That's why these Friedman small box fifties are it because there's two channels. One is the plexi channel, which can be clean, but I always have the gain dimed. That is your pedal platform. That's another misconception. You put a tube screamer in front of a, a, a deluxe, which is 22 watts, and your deluxe is on two, you're going to hear clean, and you're going to hear some crappy version of an overdrive on top of it. That amp's not going to do you anything until you crank it, and then you put the overdrive on, you know? Yeah. So because of that, I still don't get enough from it. I need... Uh, I, listen, I actually am plugged into a, a Friedman PT20, which is a 20-watt amp. It sounds amazing, but you can really hear it start to break up very quickly. I just want, I need more volume. Like even when I go back on, on tour with Steve, I, I won't use these 50 Watts. I got to go back to hundred Watts. Yeah. Awesome. No, I agree. The, the more Watts, the better. It's just more, more of everything. Awesome, dude. Wow. This is awesome. We got even, I'm so happy we got those into. So thank you for that. Excellent, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. My, thank you for being here. Seriously. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful week. And then, uh, Hopefully I'll catch you on a show and if not a NAM or something along the way. Cool, man. Sounds good. Thank you to all your listeners as well. I appreciate it. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much. Be well. Thanks, Rob. Take care.